This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hey, it's Seamus from Newhoff Media Lafayette, and this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Season 2, Episode 3. Our guest today, and I've been looking forward to this one for a while, County Commissioner Tom Murtaugh, who, by the way, we're not going to get into it, but did donate a kidney to a former teacher. That's a true story. Maybe we'll do a separate podcast on that one, Tom. How about that? That sounds fine. Okay. And uh, I had the, uh, I was in a thing called Leadership Lafayette, and one of the exercises that we did was to go to the courthouse, and we got tours. Well, I was lucky enough to have the best tour guide in the area for the courthouse, Mr. Murtaugh. And uh, at that time, I was like, man, if I ever start a podcast, I absolutely want to hear the story behind the courthouse. And so here we are. And first off, thank you for taking the time today uh, to record this. And let's talk about the courthouse. Now, before we get into the history of it, why are you so passionate about our courthouse? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, that building is the fixture of this community. It's, you know, it's virtually on uh, every promotion you see about not just Chippewa County, but, you know, greater Lafayette and even Purdue in the region as a whole. Um, everybody identifies that building and it truly is an icon. Um, you know, I've lived here my whole life and that building means a lot to me and it means a lot to a lot of people within the community. It is. This, I mean, it's if you picked one thing about our area, it's going to be the courthouse. Exactly. It's in every picture, every piece of promotional stuff, like you said. It is. A, it's the, you know, as soon as you come down over the hill, there it is. You know exactly yeah. where you are. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the – give me a little history on the courthouse. Okay. Well, the, um, the current courthouse is actually the third courthouse that on that on that square. The first uh, courthouse um, stood until 1845, and it was just a very simple – brick building that was on the northeast corner of that block. Um, a second building um, stood from uh, 1845 to 1881. It was a, uh, it was a more substantial building, but um, nothing to the, to the uh, status of the current building. And it, it sat on the southern half of the block, so on Columbia Street um, side. Uh, the current um, courthouse was started in 1881, um, and construction completed in 1884. Um, the commissioners had um, hired two gentlemen to um, build the courthouse at around $250,000 at the time. Wow. Uh, one of those two gentlemen uh, passed away right after the first floor was constructed, um, and it's, the construction stalled for a while. And so they had to rebid the project. The project was awarded to the remaining partner who had started his own company, um, but at a cost of twice as much as it's been estimated. So the cost was actually about 500000 which obviously that building could not be replaced for anywhere near 500000 <laughs> No. <laughs> it would be a little bit more now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was, you know, it was considered to be very excessive for what um, was considered a small rural riverfront town um, in Indiana, I mean, it was much more elaborate than any courthouse in that day um, within Indiana and and within the region. Um, it was it, it was ironically it was uh, completed the same year as the Indiana State House, um, and there was a lot of ridicule um, and um, 
consternation in, um, in regard to the fact that the commissioners were building something that elaborate, um, in, in many ways, much more elaborate than um, even the state house. What do you think the population of Lafayette was around that time? You know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I really, I, I don't know, but I would, you know, I would guess it was, you know, uh, you know, a, less than 10,000, I would think. At that wow. Point. Yeah. And the, and the city has built up around it. Now, have they made a lot of adjustments to it since, or is it pretty much the same structure as it was when they when they finished it? So, you know, there um, – and another interesting thing, too, because of the proximity to the river, they did not want to do a, a traditional basement in, this, in the building. Mm-hmm. So the current first floor, the floor that everybody walks into, the public entrance – um, was never really intended to be public space. That was the basement, even though it is technically at grade. Um, there were um, steps that everybody uh, used to enter on the what we call the second floor now. Um, and um, at some point, the um, those steps that went that spanned across uh, those, the entrances on each side were split in half to create the new entrance point um, on that, what we call the first floor. But you, when you see the, the details in the first floor compared to the details on the, on the upper floors, you can, it's very noticeable that uh, the upper floors are much more elaborate. And those were, you know, the, the spaces that were dedicated to be truly public spaces while that first floor was just to be for um, offices and storage and, and not intended for public space. Um, we're talking with County Commissioner Tom Murtaugh, the expert. Is there anyone that knows more about the courthouse in Lafayette and the surrounding area than you, Tom? Oh, I'm sure there are. There's sure not. There. I've, oh, yeah. I've just studied this um, during my term as commissioner, and I love to give tours of the place. I often do that for not-for-profit organizations. They do... Um, they um, do silent auctions and that type of thing for a, a private tour, and I, I love to do that. And how long does the tour usually take? Because it was we had an abbreviated version, is what you told me, but the actual full-fledged tour, how long does it usually take you to take everyone through it? So I, I, like, I hope that they have at least two hours to spend. Sometimes it takes up to two and a half hours to get through um, everything that I like to show. I mean, I like to, to show the... Um, the traditional courtrooms that we have in there, we have a total of 11 courtrooms in that building now. It was originally designed to have just two courtrooms. Um, and I like to show the difference between um, what we call the traditional courtroom and then some of the spaces that were designed for office spaces that have been converted into um, courtrooms. You know, there's also a lot of, um, you know, there were some things done to the building to create some additional space. I like to point those out. There's also a significant amount of phenomenal artwork um, in in the structure that, um, you know, we like to take a minute to uh, point out. And then, obviously, the tour favorite is climbing up through the dome and out underneath the, the bell so that people can see, take in the view of both the city of Lafayette and West Lafayette from um, the highest point within downtown Lafayette. So time out. Because <laughs> you, you almost talked me into doing it while we were doing it. But if we'd had more time, I would have got up there. So how do they – take us through how you get them all the way up to where the bell is at. Okay. So basically on the fifth floor, and the fifth floor is 
was the attic. Um, there was a renovation done um, in to, a major renovation that was done in 1991. Uh, it took two years. They they moved the courtrooms and the offices out of that building and across Columbia Street. And it was a $15 million project to really restore that um, building, and it created uh, a total of 66,000 square feet in that building. And part of that new space was the addition of the the attic space in the fifth floor. It's very unique space in itself because it clearly was not intended, again, to be public space. It's, it's um, the very rough brick walls. Um, obviously, you could see heating ducts and um, all sorts of electrical lines uh, uh, throughout the, the fifth floor, but it has very unique spaces um, that are really, really cool that um, have some really good views of the city as well. But from that fifth floor, there is a uh, stairway uh, which you can uh, access, which you actually um, you actually uh, climb out over the rotunda, the top of the rotunda that you can see through from um, the second floor up to the, the uh, through the um, fourth floor, and then you come up upon um, what's the very base of the dome. You take one more level up and you come up to the level where the clock exists. This is a, um, the original clock that has worked for all of these years. Um, it used to be run by an, a pendulum that swung in the base of the dome. Wow. That pendulum is still um, sitting in the base of the dome, but it no longer runs the clock. Uh, the clock actually has a, has a motor now that runs that. Um, but this clock is absolutely beautiful, breathtaking uh, clock. And it runs those four faces that everybody sees as they come down the hill towards um, downtown. Um, from there, you extend up two more levels through the steel part of the dome. In the winter part, in the winter, uh, that steel dome is very, very cold. In the summer, it's very, very hot. Um, but then your final trek is a very, um, it's a fairly steep but safe um, ladder um, that's um, very secure, that takes you out. Um, there's a hatch that opens up underneath the bell at the very top, uh, right under Lady Liberty, and um, that uh, hatch opens up, and you can crawl out and stand at that railing level. Um, it's very safe. Um, not not very many people can get out there at one time, maybe three to four at the most, but the views of the city are breathtaking. So if I brought a video camera and talked you into it, would you take me up there so we could uh, we could take them through the process at some point? Without a doubt. I'm scared Without of heights. I'm, I'm scared of heights. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> well, the, the last trek, uh, it, it requires some bravery. <laughs> but it's worth it. And, and it's really great, you know, of course, during the day, but it's, it's awesome at night, too. How many times have you been up there, do you think? Um, because I give a fair number of tours, uh, I've been up there a lot, um, you know, probably over 100. Wow. Do you think you're the, you've are you been up there more than any other person in Lafayette? Uh, probably um, other than maybe our maintenance folks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, we expand. We kind of talked a little bit about some of the expansions and stuff, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the restructuring and expansion because I believe when I did the tour, they were actually uh, finishing up some construction upstairs too. So, kind of talk about some of the restructuring that's happened over the years, opened up courthouses, things like that that have happened at the or courtrooms that have happened at the courthouse. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's a, a very valid point. When when the courthouse was constructed. All of county government was housed in that building. So that means everything that we currently have in um, the Tiffany County building, which sits county corner to the courthouse, um, everything that uh, all the offices that we have at the jail and all the offices that we have around the county were all in that building. Well, obviously, as the county grew, the need for space grew. So, uh, at this point, the only um, offices, the only uh, facilities that are run through that building are the courts and a couple of court-related services, such as probation and our clerk's office. Um, all other uh, county-provided services now are operated um, at another facility. The most recent move out of that building, um, we moved our prosecutor and public defender, who were housed on the fourth and fifth floors of that building, into a building across the street on the fourth street. And the reason we did that is we knew that the state legislature would be creating a new court for Tiffany County because of, um, we are one of Indiana's fastest-growing counties. So that uh, court went online at the beginning of the year uh, this year, or I'm sorry, of 21. And um, so we had to get ready and make room for, for that court to come online. In addition, we needed another full-size courtroom for, um, for our a juvenile court magistrate. So um, we, that was the most recent pro, uh, project we did for that building. Um, it was a several. It was about two and a half million dollar project, and it created those uh, new spaces that formerly were office spaces. In fact, the, uh, one of the new courtroom spaces literally had a um, stairway running from the fourth floor to the fifth floor in the middle of that courtroom. So they. Um, that was in no way original. Um, in fact, it was pretty poorly done as, as far as historically. Um, and so this basically replicated um, all the other courtrooms. So, we, like I mentioned previously, there were originally two courtrooms in that building, and those courtrooms um, were on the east side and the west side of the building, and they were the entire length of the east and the west side of the um, of the entire building. And in addition, wow. they were two stories tall. Wow. So they, very grand. Very, very grand. Um, and um, since then, there have been floors that have divided those two stories so that instead of those two courtrooms, we now have four courtrooms because they've been divided in half as well. But the original um, court, which is um, still Superior One, um, had... Uh, it contains the original woodwork. So in other words, it's the original uh, judge's bench, witness stand, jury box. And all of the other courtrooms have been replicated to match that so that they all look similar um, as far as woodwork. Well, when we were doing this um, new courtroom, we, 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 we needed a, or really a true woodworker, an artist, to uh, help us replicate that because we wanted to make sure we protected the historic integrity of the building. And luckily, we found one um, 
in around the Richmond area uh, of Indiana who did an amazing job replicating all that woodwork. It was expensive, but um, it was really, really done very, very well. We're very proud of that project. So we talked about maintenance and stuff, and there's, a, I mean, the stone takes care of itself, basically, but the wood itself, what sort of maintenance goes into, because there's a lot of, I mean, some of those doors are, how tall are the doors in that? I mean, they're like 10 foot tall, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, the original doors for those two courtrooms are still in existence. Those are, those, they are just spectacular. Um, the hardware on those doors, too, are just amazing. You've just got to check them out. The hinges themselves are, you know, over a foot tall, very decorative and um, ornate. The, um, but then, you know, obviously we have, we have some, um, the, the exterior doors, um, the original doors on the second floor are still intact, but they face the weather. Uh-huh. So a few years, in fact, that's a project we're looking at doing this year. Uh, we do have to have those restored um, and sealed uh, to protect those because we want to make sure that they're um, protected long term. Um, you know, and we, you know, obviously everything is everything is done to protect the, um, you know, historic accuracy. When we did, well, um, I just a little side, since I've been commissioner, um, I've been commissioner for, uh, well, the first 10 years of my uh, commissioner's position, we spent over $10 million just on the exterior of that building, and that was three projects. One was a limestone restoration project, um, and you know, which we had to um, basically um, clean and seal the limestone um, to, re- to prevent any um, any um, uh, any loss of the the about layer of it of that stone. We also did a window restoration um, project in which we added storm windows, mm. but we had to do that to protect the uh, historic nature of the building. We did that on the inside of the building and then restored the historic framing of the windows and, in some cases, replaced the, the glass itself. Um, and then we also did the dome restoration project, which right. a lot of people remember because we had, you know, for 18 months, we had the scaffolding surrounded the dome so that they could do that and then followed that by um, doing a new roof on the structure itself. So, um, but all that was just, I mean, that was $10 million just on the exterior of the building. Wow. And now it'll last for at least five years, right? <laughs> it's better, yes. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's a beautiful building, but she is very expensive to maintain. And now we get to the more interesting part of the courthouse, which is, some of the stories of incidents that have happened over the years, and I know this is your favorite part because you're very passionate, especially about a little incident that happened. I don't, which one do you want to start with? I know of two good ones, but I know you have more than that. So I'm going to just let you give me some stories that have made the courthouse infamous over the years. How about that? Well, I, I will say I'll start with this in saying that when I give tours at night or on a Saturday when the when the building's empty. And then I've also heard similar stories from the judges who are in the building after hours who say that they hear weird things at um, weird times, that the elevator will start going up and down randomly on its own, <laughs> different things like lights will be on that shouldn't be on, that type of thing. Um, you know, I'm not 
saying anything more than that. Weird things like that happen. And you can check out Ghost Tours with Tom Murtaugh.com if you'd like to get. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but one of the stories I'm sure you're referencing is um, the, in effect, it happened in August of uh, 1998, which a lot of people, you know, in the community may remember. It was a Sunday night um, in which an individual stole a truck from the Wabash National Parking Lot um, and um, filled a tank of diesel, filled, put a tank in the back of the truck, filled it with diesel fuel, and drove it through the east doors, the doors on 4th Street, and into through the glass and into the hallway of the lower level of that building. No one knows whether that person then ignited um, the, um, the vehicle or whether the impact caused a fire to break out. But a fire did break out. Um, the fire department responded, um, and they, no one knew at that point about the tank of diesel fuel, but between the firefighters and the sprinkler system, the fire was extinguished without that tank exploding. What they found out afterward was if that tank had exploded, um, it would have been powerful enough to take down that building and likely cause damage to buildings surrounding the courthouse. Wow. So not only are we very lucky that we did not lose that building, that we're very lucky that nobody got hurt that night. But, um, but what is kind of surprising is, um, you know, nobody was ever arrested for that. They did not ever find out who it was. Um, that actually did that. Uh, my brother was actually sheriff uh, at the time, um, and that was one of his biggest regrets that he was he was not able to um, find that uh, perpetrator. But it was it made um, it made national news because you know this was before Oklahoma City. I mean, this was yeah. considered an act of terrorism when that didn't happen. You know here, um, so it was uh, it was it was it was. An interesting time. It was luckily the um, courthouse was really only shut down for about ten days, um, um, and then they were able to get it back open. And um, they had that hallway shut down for a while longer. But they, uh, um, but you'd never know it now. It looks great. There's also an incident involving a railing on it. Was it the second floor or third floor? No, it was actually on the fourth floor. The fourth floor. Okay. Uh, it was actually on the fourth floor, and, and for those of you that have been in the courthouse, it has a beautiful rotunda with a, uh, a central railing that looks um, all the way down from the fourth floor down to the first or to the second floor. And um, on the fourth floor, there was an incident uh, where a, a divorce situation where uh, the gentleman who was getting the divorce uh, attempted to throw his wife's attorney over the edge of that railing. Um, and ironically, one of our very first female bailiffs in the courthouse, who is, she is still a county employee, um, was able to stop him and save her life. Um, so um, that we're very proud of her efforts. There was some discussion, you know, after that. Um, I was not commissioner at the time, but um, about you know, closing up those openings, but, you know, obviously, you know, that would, that would significantly alter that building and, and um, that was not seriously considered. Any other stories that we missed out on? 
Um, no, I, I mean, I just encourage people, you know, the courthouse is open to the public. Um, the, um, and you do have to go through security, um, but it's, it's very quick, very easy. Um, like I mentioned before, there's some great artwork in, in that building. Um, the folks that run the Round the Fountain Art Fair, another great event. Oh, that's a great event to go to. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Yep. They always donate a piece of art from that event to be on permanent display at the courthouse. And those, those, um, those works of art are just amazing to come take a look at. There's also some wonderful paintings done by Indiana artists. Um, there's a, a mural of the Battle of Chippecanoe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chippecanoe that's 48 feet long on the second floor. It's painted by Robert Grafton, who um, was an Indiana artist. Used to be hung in the old Fowler Hotel, now the Fowler Apartment. Um, that got moved to the courthouse. Um, so, I, I just encourage people to come and and look around. Also, all court proceedings, with the exception of, of juvenile proceedings, are open to the public. So, folks can come in and just, you know, sit in any court proceeding and listen for five minutes or or all day long, however they want to do that. And those can be very interesting as well. Is there has anyone ever done a book on the courthouse? So there there are some pamphlets, um, and there is a um, the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau have a link on their uh, website to a very brief history of and some um, items to look for on each floor, um, and it's very uh, it's very good. There are. Um, it does need some updating as to which floors contain which courts because some of that has been moved. But um, the history and the details are, are really good. So that's your project. In the next right. in the next 20 years, you, I want you to write the book and, and, we'll, and we'll promote it for you. How about that? All right. That's what I need is a project. That's what you need is a project, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, County Commissioner Tom Murtaugh, thank you so much for giving us the history. If you ever get a chance to do a tour, um, whether it's through a nonprofit or whatever, take advantage of it um, because it is unbelievable. And at some point, sir, we will go up and we'll we'll shoot some video from the top of that dang thing. All right? I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom. Right. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.